on the way, hit it hard, rebound, batted around, it's taken by Luka, he hits, he hits, with a second to go as he hits the deck, tied at 115, it worked, it totally worked, inbounded quickly, three-quarter court, wide left, overtime. There he was on the uh, Mavs Radio Network, 97.1, The Freak. And uh, Chuck Cooperstein with the call. Chuck joining us now. And uh, Chuck, your voice always holds up well. You're able to kind of guide it throughout the season. But, boy, today, <laughs> what a what an incredible – I mean, I was already excited about the Knicks game. But, of course, it was about Brunson and his return. And then he doesn't play. And then it ends up being one of the most amazing regular season uh, games we've ever seen. And, of course – from Luca, I understand from seeing on Twitter earlier, uh, Chuck. It took you took you a little while to uh, to finally drift off to sleep last night. Is that correct? Yeah, we didn't do too well trying to get to sleep last night. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a whole bunch of things running through your mind and replaying everything. And uh, you know, I've been asked a lot today. Was is this the greatest one ever? And well, no, it's not the greatest ever because nothing will ever top the uh, the NBA championship of 2011. But uh, as Bum Phillips used to say about Earl Campbell when he was asked about the ranking of running backs back in the day, Bum used to say, it doesn't take long to call roll before you get to Earl's name. And so <laughs> that's, that, that, that's pretty much where this one is uh, up there. It's definitely in the pantheon of, uh, of the greatest regular season games uh, I've seen in, in 18 years of doing this. Just remarkable on every level. And just think, I mean, the Mavericks were that close again to losing to a team that was mm-hmm. playing without two of their very best players. You know, Brunson was already out. R.J. Barrett was gone 95, 95 seconds into the game. Uh, didn't come back. I mean, the, he'd been averaging 26 a game. Of late, he'd been on fire. And it was, you know, it was left to Randall. And all of a sudden, Quentin Grimes shows up and showed why everybody wanted him in college because of the way he could shoot the ball. Uh, and never shot it like that until he got to the American Airlines Center last night. And I mean, you're, you're – 33 seconds away from uh, just wondering, again, how does this happen? How do they lose to teams that are so shorthanded? And this time, Luca decided, for the most part, with some help, he got a, a big three from Wood and a big three from Dinwiddie. Uh, but basically, he decided that uh, they were not going to lose in that situation anymore, yeah, or at least well, on that night. <laughs> it was uh... – phenomenal and it's fun to hear it again hear your call and and watching that thing last night i hope people uh and i bet will i bet there were people they might not admit to it coop that with that like you said with a minute to go at 33 seconds it's nine it just they had been pecking away at that thing throughout much of the game and really couldn't you know they got within whatever five six they got to within four they got they got four, to four yeah nine ninety five and you know Thibodeau okay. had to take a timeout like midway through the fourth and you think okay you know they're they're making the push and you you thought they might make the push but you know they, they never really ever got it into a true clutch situation until the last 30 seconds of the game I mean, there was just Nothing that indicated that they were going to win that game for 47 minutes and 33 seconds. Nothing. <laughs> or, or 27 seconds. Let me do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was never my strong suit in this. <laughs> you could tell when you get to overtime, if you do all that, then you go. You got to go ahead and complete it. And the Knicks, 
the Knicks were shell shocked once it once it kind of all that that started hitting them, and and then even to see Randall's face, you know, and he's been playing really well lately and all. But you just going in that overtime period, you just were like, okay, they're done. They well, are absolutely. They, they were both exhausted though. Yes, I mean, Matt, yes. Usually, a lot of times you can say that team is shell shocked, but yeah. just last week, uh, you know, the Mavericks are in Cleveland and Kemba Walker, you know, blows by. Jared Allen and hits a layup with three and a half seconds to go to force overtime. And that, you know, the Mavericks are incredibly shorthanded that night too, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and, you know, Luca wasn't playing and they, they found a way to get that game to overtime. And very similarly to last night, both teams played very few players. So they were absolutely drained. I mean, the Mavericks made one basket in overtime and that was Luca's turnaround with a minute seven to go. And they made nine of ten from the foul line. That's how they got their eleven points. I mean, the, yeah. those those guys were flushed, man. They couldn't get anything done. And so, <laughs> you know, you can say, Matt, that both teams had reason to think when they went to overtime. Well, yeah, we we can win this, uh, but it wouldn't be surprising if they lost it because neither had anything left in the tank. Yeah, absolutely. Chuck Cooperstein joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Luca ends up with 60 uh, points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists in 47 minutes. Uh, he just did it all. I mean, from a regular season standpoint, um, putting this in perspective, Coop, I guess Dirk had the, what, 53-point game. Uh, I think back even before you were doing the games when uh, uh, Aguirre, especially that one year, I feel like they didn't include him in the uh, all-star team. Right. He had like 49 Against Philadelphia, there was it was yeah. that night. He found out he didn't make it, and he was mad. And he was going to take it out on somebody, and he took it out on Philadelphia that night. But this just tops it all. I mean, this was just unbelievable. And and to already be at fifty, which is amazing, and then still on top of that, do all that he did down the stretch. I mean, think about that, Coop. How often does it actually work? I mean, you've called uh, you've called a lot of those in the games where you've got to purposely miss one. He kind of looks back at the bench to kind of think, okay, what are we going to do? Here comes JaVale McGee, who hasn't played the entire game. Okay, JaVale, get in there and and, and help and, and help uh, this process. Try to get the rebound and for it to go to uh, Luca. Wasn't that a funny reaction that he had? And I I don't know if he was. It was just pure joy, or also knowing Luca, he was probably trying to claim that he got fouled <laughs> on well, the I, on, I thought, on the follow. I thought, Quentin, I thought Quentin Grimes actually fouled him. I really did. Did you? Uh, yeah. Now I, I, you know, looking at it again, I could, you know, I could see why the officials wouldn't blow their whistle, and even if he was fouled, the likelihood of them blowing the whistle would have been extraordinarily low, you know, in a scramble situation like that. But let's face it, too, the Knicks had. Two players with hands on the ball. Randall had the first hands on it. Grimes had the second. Neither could hold it. And Luca did grab it and was able to score. Yeah, and that fun reaction to it, um, just uh, just remarkable. And the place just went crazy. I love Luca saying afterwards that he was going to he was maybe going to go have a beer. Get a recovery beer, yeah. <laughs> he was going to go uh, get a recovery beer. And as you said, I mean, I you know, it's just you never know. I think you were quoting uh, Bob Ryan, um, right. you, know, uh, mm-hmm. who all, you know, for all those years, the Boston Globe. It, it talked about arriving at the arena, and you never know uh, what you might see. You're probably going to see something you've maybe never seen before. But, but, Coop, even in your wildest dreams – 
you weren't planning on seeing. You, you, no, you're not seeing. You're, <laughs> that. you're planning on seeing sixty, twenty-one, and ten. No, I was not. Uh, I was not putting that one uh, in the at the top of the odds list uh, when the night began. I mean, yeah. just ju- just incredible. Just you know, the league's been in existence for seventy-six years. We've never seen anything like this. And you know what, Matt? They may be in existence for another seventy-six years, and we might not see another night like this. It, yeah, it's it, just. It's the greatest part of the job. It really is because you know every night you're describing history one way or another. You're describing history happening before you. the The thing is that there are some nights that history is a lot more notable than other nights, and mm-hmm. this was one of those nights. In in the names um, are, that that he that he tops, I mean, there Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor. Uh, both known for you know just this crazy single game type things, seasons worth of huge numbers. But to do something like that, I mean, and and to go past them and now to stand alone, you're right. This is going to be something only he does. And and we keep wondering, okay, how does he top that? Well, he may not top this from an individual standpoint. And and um, I I just I I, I just wonder, uh, Coop. I mean, <laughs> he's young. And, and he obviously responds well, and they try to manage him, and they tr- try to sit him um, uh, occasionally. But, I mean, he's carrying a lot of this right now, and he already was, but now with Brunson gone, and, I mean, this is uh, what, what they're asking. I was looking at those numbers, like what the percentage of the offense, of course, that yeah. he initiates and that he's involved with. It's, like, really unlike almost anybody else in the NBA, what he's yeah. asked to do on a nightly basis. And you wonder, okay, <laughs> that's got to wear him down at some point. And I guess that's why it's up to Kidd. He's got to find ways to manage it. But for, if you're Jason Kidd, you can't afford to – I mean, it's almost scary just like at the end of a quarter or the first of the fourth quarter uh, you know, to, to have him over on the bench. It's like, oh, my gosh, this game could get out of control in the next minute if we don't watch it. Well, and that's why – Jason, that's why Luka Doncic played exactly all the 12 seconds of the second half in overtime. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't taken out, and 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 look, and you're right, Matt. I mean, it is it is an issue. I mean, it's it's a, but you know the funny thing is everybody talks about Brunson, and you know how have you know they haven't replaced Brunson. In many ways, they have replaced Brunson. Spencer Dinwiddie's taken on that role, and he's been great. I mean, he really has been terrific. Uh, you know, he's shooting at a Brunson level. He's passing, you know, even better than Brunson. Assist to turnover ratio is fantastic. You know, much better than three to one. Uh, you know, that that's a winning number every time. The problem for the Mavericks is they've not replaced Dinwiddie. Yeah. They've not replaced what Dinwiddie does, you know, did coming off the bench last year as that third real option, you know, to allow them to have two significant ball handlers and playmakers on the floor at the same time. And you no, know, that's that's the that's the conundrum they find themselves in, uh, with basically two months to get get somebody in there or to make a decision on someone before you've uh, basically have to set your playoff roster. So, uh, you know that play, those are, would be eligible to the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you the time's running out. I mean, there's definitely time to do something, but at the mm-hmm. same time, uh, you know, in, it, the one thing that helps Luca is that he's, you know, he'll be 24 years old on February 28th, right? It's not like he's 30 years old and having all of this foisted upon him. Uh, he's 23. He, he's in great shape, clearly. 
Uh, he can handle all this, uh, but uh, it, it is an awful lot to ask. But I think it's even more mental than it is physical at this point. Yeah. Even if we played 48 minutes last night, and it's to me, it's just the knowledge that every time I've got the ball in my hands, you know, I've got to make the right decision. You know, there, there's yeah. just so little room for error right now with this team, and with and frankly with him because of that. And the fact of the matter is he's doing that. He's, he's absolutely living up to that. It's, it is truly extraordinary to watch. And look, you know, it, it's way too early for MVP talk. And frankly, you know, I get tired of MVP talk, especially when they do it after the first week of the season and it never stops. But there are a lot of compelling cases. Uh, and you look at, at Jokic and the fact that uh, he's, like, uh, he's like plus 25 and is on off. Uh, number for 100 possessions like the there are plus 10 when he's on the floor there are minus 15 when he's off the floor you know in the 12 minutes per game that he's off the floor which is just absurd right and and, and luke is the same way i mean it, not not to that extent you know curry's yeah. the only other one really that that's close when it comes to something like that but you know to me you know that's the ultimate in value but still you look at denver's team and denver has players who are you know very much uh, you know, have been at an all-star level or close to an all-star level. Uh, and, and right now, I mean, the, the Mavericks, the Mavericks have a lot of above average players they, they, to go along with a true superstar. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's something that they, they, it's working. They, Luca makes it work. That, that's mm-hmm. the incredible part of Luca makes it work to the extent that every time that he's on the floor, that team has a chance to win. And that's that's all you can really ask out of anyone. And you know, wherever the chips fall, as far as that whole MVP thing goes, uh, you know, hey, that that's what will happen. But you know, any anyone that suggests that you know he's doing this, uh, you know, just to be selfish, or he, you know, he doesn't make others better or anything like that, he made Jalen Brunson better. He's making Spencer Dinwiddie better. He's making a whole lot of people better. He made Dorian Finney-Smith better. You know, he's he made Reggie Bullock better last year. You know, uh, it's it's extraordinary. It's truly extraordinary what we're watching right now. And I'm just fortunate enough that I get to watch that occur in front of me 82 nights a year. Yeah, well, fun hearing it. Loved hearing the call as you were coming on, and uh, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we will. The Mosley family will be in the arena for the Pelicans game coming up okay. i believe that's january 7th so that was yeah, a, a a week a, uh, a week from saturday night okay that was a gift for my daughter and let's hope zion is in uniform and luca is doing his thing and uh we will uh, i'll wave at you from wherever i end up in the arena okay please do take care All happy right. new year thank you chuck same to you chuck cooperstein the voice of the dallas mavericks joining the matt mosley show dismount is next Happy New Year from the Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas.